Welcome to Stuff We Love podcast. I am glad that I've already eaten because tonight we are going to be talking about lots of great restaurants. And I don't want to go into it hungry because that would be uncomfortable. This is Scott. Welcome to the Stuff We Love podcast. And I am joined again by returning champions, Paul and Dean from the Butter and Bacon, the good stuff of Disney podcast. Guys, welcome. Thank you for having us. returning champions. Returning champions of what? We're the tag team champions. <laughs> nice. Uh, inter- intercontinental. Uh, you know, I, I need to know what belt to wear. Returning well, champions. I know what belt we can wear, Dean. One that we can loosen after we talk about all the food we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> there it is. What'd you guys eat for dinner tonight? Why don't we begin, <laughs> begin with that as we get into the. I had Chipotle, by the way. I had a burrito bowl from Chipotle. Ooh. What's your go to burrito bowl? I do this. I do double order a chicken. I do the tomato sauce, you know, the like the tomatoes. I do the hot sauce. I do corn, fajita vegetables, and brown rice. Okay. That is my no burrito bowl. No beans. No beans. I'm not a beans guy. All right. What's beans, your burrito? Do you, a, do you have a go-to? Uh, I'm not a Chipotle guy. We, we just don't have one local. Uh, we have a place called Pan. Cheros, which is probably the closest thing. We, and we have Moe's, which I guess some oh, yeah, yeah. they rival the Chipotle's. But I'll go to Pancheros. But uh, uh, I would probably do a, a carnitas with the, but I'll have the beans, add the veggies, add the rice. But tonight I had Chinese food. Mm, always good. What, very good. What, what variety of Chinese food did you get? I had chicken with hot garlic sauce, uh, crab rangoons, and pork fried rice. So oh. I did not go the healthy route. No, uh, Scott, the, Scott was attempting healthy with his takeout. We, <laughs> we, we, we threw caution to the wind on that one. And it's just, said, you know what, let's just order the, uh, as I will sometimes refer to it, the, uh, the dirty Chinese food or the, the very unhealthy options. Uh, I did not even mention the side of chicken fingers that were in that order. No, wow. no, I didn't do that. Yeah. There, <laughs> there are times I will get um, similarly um, the Chinese food order because the crab rangoon is like an unofficial MVP. No one remembers it until they order it. It's oh, these are great. Oh, they're but I'll get, I'll get that. I'll get a side of white rice and I'll get the boneless spare ribs. Yeah, that's oh, good. That. That's and I would just put the spare ribs on the rice and eat that. And it's mm, so good. But um, I had a penne pasta with vodka sauce with some baked chicken, Italian seasoning with a little bit of olive oil and uh, fresher grated Parmesan cheese with peas. It was, oh, wow. It was delectable. This is a great way to start the episode because this is a food episode and we have just discussed some wonderful food. Uh, This is also part two of our Disney Springs series and we got good feedback on part one. We're doing a culinary tour of Disney Springs. And in the first episode, we found ourselves over at the marketplace. We went to T-Rex and Rainforest Cafe and had sausage and Joffrey's and Starbucks and Ghirardelli. Don't forget the crepes. And the crepes. It's all about the crepes. crepes. We had some margaritas. We had margaritas. It was a big meal, but quite quite fulfilling. And uh, we're not done because tonight we are heading over to the landing over at Disney Springs. Now, guys, I want to tell you something. When I think about my Walt Disney World vacations, such as the one I'm going on later this year, I think, of course, about the theme parks and the hotels and all of that fun stuff. But I also love Disney Springs, and I think about going to Disney Springs. And when I think about Disney Springs, it is the landing that comes to mind. Because I know every trip I'm going to have unbelievable meals here. I've been to a bunch of these restaurants. There's a few that I haven't been to. Uh, but this, to me, is, is a wonderful place. 
And I, I begin by posing a question to you guys, which is on your Disney World trips, do you find yourselves over at the landing at least once? Yes. Dean, Paul. Yes. Paul says yes. Uh, I'll say not only will I say yes, but I would debate that the landing might be the best collection of restaurants that you can find in an area in Walt Disney World. And the other areas that come to mind are the boardwalk and Epcot, Epcot Center. Yes. <laughs> I think those are the top three locations to find a collection of restaurants. And while they don't have quite the number at the landing that they do, if you count all of the boardwalk, including Swan Dolphin, or all of Epcot, or even, you know, just all of uh, World Showcase, the quality here might be as high as any other area in Walt Disney World. Yes. I think that the landing has those areas beat in terms of the quality of restaurants. Those are two solid areas as well. I think it's just the sheer volume over at the landing. These, the chefs, the menu choices. I just, I've, I've been to, I, I think at this point, every restaurant over on the boardwalk with the exception of the re, uh, redone flying fish. I've not been there since they got the new chef. Um, can't comment on that. Well, I guess the I guess the boardwalk area. You're also going over to Yacht Club, like Alan Compass. I'm going, right? that, I'm going yacht. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I'm going all, all the re, all the resorts. So yeah. not only just the boardwalk, but also Swan, Dolphin, Yacht, and Beach Club. Without having been to a place like Alan Compass, I, I think a drawback to that is the menu is kind of limited there, and uh, the, that's certainly not the case with the restaurants we're going to be talking about tonight. They're full menus, uh, but that's up to the viewers to decide. We can only offer our thoughts. And uh, our listeners will have to decide for themselves. And we encourage everybody to go to places like the landing on their trip because it just it. Look, everybody has their own trip routines and plans and and budgetary limitations. I totally get that, but to me, to not go here at least once, I think you're missing out on a good opportunity for quality food. Well, um, and I think you know you talk about the budgetary needs. I think the things that we're going to cover today you can run the gamut for, and again, this is all within the, the context of a Walt Disney World vacation budget. Um, you're going to run into things that are on the less expensive side all the way up to, you know, fine dining that right. is going to be like a three, four hour experience. Good point, Paul. Like somebody will say, oh, I'm going to Le Cellier for my, uh, for a meal. Well, I guarantee you, if it's, let's say a family for going to Le Cellier, that check's going to be at least 150 with tip, probably more. And I kind of want to say, okay, well, did you think about going to the boathouse or did you think about homecoming? Because to me, you're going to get better food, bigger portions in a more comfortable dining environment. May not be as well themed, although that's debatable as well. And Might also be easier for them to get into. Yes. Not just reservation wise, but also transport wise, like we yeah. talked about on the first yeah. episode. Yeah, right. I, yeah for both. To. Yeah. Now, guys, where do you want to start tonight as we arrive at the landing? Where are we going first? I'm going to let you guys choose to kick it off with the caveat being let's cover the boathouse last because that's the grand finale. Well, if that's the grand finale, then I want to start at probably the best themed area in my mind with Jock Lindsay's hangar bar. Great, great location. And I have actually started a food tour at Disney Springs by going to Jock <laughs> Lindsay's. So I've Reggie's done this. revenge. <laughs> Paul, why don't you tell our, our listeners a little bit about little bit about Jock Lindsay's. 
Oh, sure. Um, it is themed in an Indiana Jones style, so it's, it should feel uh, kind of at home. I think this would be easily plopped into Adventureland and do very well, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially if it were at Disneyland with the Indiana Jones attraction that's there. But um, Reggie or Reggie, Reggie is Jock Lindsay's pet snake. Jock Lindsay is Indiana Jones private pilot. You can catch him, especially in Raiders of the Lost Ark at the very beginning, where he's running away and yelling, start the plane, Jacques. Um, Great scene. Great scene. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Um, So it it already gives you an idea the decor. Um, When I went, which was forever ago, they still had period type music. Um, The music is kind of a, a, a hit or miss thing, whether it be, you know, modern favorites or it's kind of that old timey. Um, like I said, when I went, they were playing like the old timey radio. Um, but it, but it's really, it's casual dining. Um, the names of the, of the things are, you know, kind of in theme, like there's the air pirates pretzel, which is a giant pretzel. Um, you know, and they've got queso dip and, um, you know, really the, the thing here for me are the appetizers, like the shareable plates, um, and, and the drinks, um, you know, you've got the, the theme drinks, non-alcoholic, um, and, and alcoholic, and they all have kind of like, you know, the, 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 like the fountain of youth. Hmm, what does that make a reference to? Um, and you've got like the anything goes, which references the great song sung by the now, um, Miss Steven Spielberg, um, in, uh, Temple of Doom. Right. And, uh, so right. It, it just goes on and on from there, but there's so much to, to look at in the bar. And what's really great is there is outdoor seating. So while you might think, oh man, the bar is back. And this is again, going, going post COVID, everything is back to hundred percent occupancy and all that. Um, you might think that it, it might be a long way to get a spot inside. You can get a table outside and it's right on the water. There are fans, um, and it, it's really a great spot and they have keepsake mugs, which I am proudly in, um, in, in ownership of the chilled monkey brain <laughs> type <laughs> tiki mug, which I love. Paul, that was a great overview. And I really, I'm really glad you brought up the outdoor dining because not only is it outdoor dining, but it's also covered outdoor dining in the sense of yes. there's something over your head, which does Very provide good, good shade. That's very, which is unlike a lot of the restaurants that we talked about that were over in the marketplace. Um, a lot of those places don't have seating or if the seating is there, it's, it's kind of cutthroat like a Ghirardelli. Uh, but this is, it's, it's covered. There are fans and it is um, wait staff seated. So it is yes. not a free for all. That is true. And also the views you get sitting there, you're very close to the boathouse. So you have a nice view of what that looks like. And then you're right on the water there and you could even see over onto the West side. So you see, Cirque du Soleil, Jose Andres' restaurant, which is architecturally very beautiful, really great views. Uh, I think their menu does change because when I'm looking at it now, I don't see some of the stuff I had before, but I always like to highlight a particular dish that I'm interested in trying. And tonight, that's the taco al pastor, citrus chipotle pork belly, pineapple pico de gallo, red cabbage, and grilled corn tortilla. I'll take five of those, please, because that sounds fantastic. That sounds a lot like it. what I got over at, um, and I think they were pork tacos over at Trader Sam's. Um, so if they're anything like that, they would be very good. Dean, yeah, that's a hearty here? meal, and, and yeah, I have yeah. been here, and I say your your five tacos would be a hearty meal. But uh, don't you know? You, you mentioned about going here for a drink. I, I'd say don't miss out on the chance that this could be a sort of a small dinner. 
Um, yes. Or if you order a bunch of stuff, it could be a large dinner. Yeah. But yeah, we've we've gone here. We've sat outside. We we've had you know the flatbreads before. That they have a steak flatbread that's pretty good. Um, we've had some of the appetizers, you know, wings and and the pretzel that Paul mentioned. So if you're looking for, uh, you can't you didn't make a reservation. You have no ADR. Boathouse is two hour wait, and you know Morimoto's is a two hour wait, and a stick even has a line. You know you go over here and, and <laughs> you you go out on the back patio, like you said, grab a couple of the the flatbread tacos appetizers whatever a couple of cocktails and you can have yourself a, a pretty hearty meal you definitely can and uh tonight guys i think what we should do because we do have a few restaurant choices here is un unless you have anything else to say about jock Lindsay's, i say we we keep the food tour going uh because we got a lot to cover and i was thinking that uh, building off of your comment dean about having a full dinner here what you can do when you leave is literally walk 10 steps away probably a little longer than 10 steps and get some gelato for dessert at Vivoli yeah. Il Gelato. Uh, we won't spend too much time on this because it's a gelato place. It's an ice cream type place. I will just note that it is really good. I've been there at least once, maybe more. And uh, is it as good as Ghirardelli? Probably not. I think that would be my go-to for ice cream gelato type food, but I, I enjoy it. They do have seating out front as well. Kind of limited, but it is there. Um, what do you think, guys? Have you been here for gelato? I have not. Um, gelato would not much like what you said gelato wouldn't be my go-to dessert there's so many other options we've talked about and we'll talk about um, but I'd certainly would consider it I mean yeah. everything that they they're showing here the pictures look good they have a, a good variety if you want to get Sundays you want to get shakes uh, they have cookie sandwiches which is always going to catch my eye so yeah um, I'm not quite sure what the spaghetti Sunday is that sounds oh, pretty wow. interesting vanilla and chocolate gelato with strawberry sauce hmm. um, yeah but I like that they're keeping in theme you know having a couple of Italian names here going along the Bombolo yeah, Bomboloni. Uh, Easy for you to donut. say. Yeah, I've, I've had that <laughs> before. That is a very large donut. Um, and then, again, we tend to travel in the summer, so I think getting a latte or an Americano is probably not in the cards typically. Uh, but for those that like to drink coffee, you can go here and get some of those espresso beverages that you're used to. So it's, uh, I'd, I'd pop over here. Well, Paul, good. let me ask you this question. Would you ever order this on your vacation? The rice pudding bombolato, rice pudding gelato, caramel sauce, and cinnamon sugar in a warm Italian donut. A small fact about me, I am a giant sucker for rice pudding. Um, one of the things that is a family uh, tradition at my wife's um, side of the family for the holidays is my wife makes a giant vat of rice pudding, and I eat probably half of it before it goes anywhere. Um, and so, yes, I absolutely would get that. <laughs> but looking at these flavors, I have to say, this is surprising because I was initially thinking this is a little bit like the, you know, the gelato stand that's over at the marketplace where they've got like strawberry, they've got right. lemon, they've got vanilla, chocolate, and then that's it. But they've got things like there's cannoli, there's chocolate chips, yes. um, the rice, put, rice pudding like you talked about, peanut butter gelato. I've never had that before. Never had that. Um, that would be good. I mean, that would be good, um, you know, and then you were mentioning, or Dean was mentioning, rather, the giant donuts. You can get that stuff with Nutella. Are you kidding nice. me? Yeah, that's oh. good stuff. And, and again, that is the good stuff. But, you know, <laughs> maybe not for a late August afternoon. But, um, you know, I, yeah, this 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 looks good. I, I definitely would, would try this out. And it also appears like the kind of place that you could get it to go easily. Easily. And uh, walk around the springs. That's a good good yeah. thing to do. You walk off your when, meal when you don't too. have to when you don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> True. Although I guess uh, yeah. yeah, 
with because you're not allowed to walk and eat. You're not allowed to walk and eat. But you could sit outside there on the spot and eat. Correct. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just need to be stationary. So let's now go over to Erin McKenna's Bakery NYC. Now, I have not been there. Paul, have you been there? Have not. Dean, how about you? Um, they, they serve dessert, Scott, so I've been there. Good. That's good. <laughs> Give us a uh, – tell us about it. Well, maybe more importantly for the folks who know the place, uh, they serve gluten-free desserts, which is important for my son. So um, Aaron McKenna's is very much a a bakery. Uh, And I think sometimes folks hear that it's gluten-free or, you know, uh, other allergen-free things like that. And they automatically think like, hey, I don't don't want or I don't need to go there. Ignore the fact that it says any of that on the outside. This is high quality, delicious, good tasting, uh, fantastic treats. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been there mostly for the, the cupcakes and the cookies, um, but they have some other stuff. They have cinnamon rolls. They actually have focaccia if you want to get that. They have bagels. So if you're there in the morning, you can get a little breakfast if you wanted to. That's good um, to know. They do donuts, which are, are quite good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's to me, uh, if you have an allergy concern, it's a great place to go because it will be a place you can go in. You can order the entire menu. You don't have to worry about like what is... What am I, what can I eat? What can I eat? They're, they're probably covering you under any allergy. Obviously ask the question if you're not sure. Um, don't, want, don't want to give people bad advice and send them into something that they could be allergic to. Um, but even if you don't have any of those concerns, this is still a great place to go to. Like I said, cupcakes, donuts, uh, cinnamon rolls, you know, all the lovely desserts and, and snacks and treats that you would want to have on your Disney trip. Is there seating inside? Um. I'm going to say no, and I might get yelled at if there's like a table or two, Right. Um, but it, it's it's pretty small from what I recall. Um, so I, I would not plan on like parking yourself there. I think I think it's more of an In-N-Out type place. Got it. It's like In-N-Out? It is not In-N-Out Burger. You got burgers. <laughs> you will not get a gluten-free burger here. <laughs> no, that's good because I really am planning on spending some more time during the day hours in Disney Springs, particularly in the morning and trying to grab some breakfast. And if they serve bagels and stuff like that, that's good for me. Yeah. And um, I know, I don't think we've talked about it yet, but spoiler, the cupcakes here are actually better than sprinkles. Boom. Whoa. Gauntlet thrown down. Well, I, went, I look forward to this. If you went blind taste test, I believe the majority of people would like these cupcakes better. That's how good they are. Nice. Well, that's you, awesome. Definitely, Thank you. Yeah, I can well. echo, the, echo that sentiment of, uh, you know, don't don't think of gluten-free as being an inferior version. There's a place near us, the Macaroon Shop, that has gluten-free macaroons that are absolutely phenomenal. That's, as always, as we say on the show, guys, the good stuff we love. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Aaron McKenna started at Baby Cakes NYC. And if you are running a successful New York City bakery, gluten-free or not, you're putting out a good product. For and, sure. And they're very successful. Well, thank you, Dean, for that very good summary. Uh, I'm going to go to a place I have still not been to at Disney Springs. That's SDK Orlando, the steakhouse. I've seen footage of it. Uh, (laughs) I've heard it said that their lunches are perhaps a better option than the dinners. I can't comment on whether or not that's true. My impression of this place is that it's a trendy steakhouse. Um, Cool on the inside, kind of looks like a Vegas-y type restaurant. They have pretty decent outdoor seating from what I've seen. So nowadays that's a good option. Uh, have either of you guys been there? Nope. I have not. I, um, you know, I know they're a bit of a chain, so there are other steak 
other cities, including Vegas. Um, and that's not why I haven't gone. It's just uh, pointing out that if you uh, if you don't get to the one in Orlando, there are other options around the country to go to. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would imagine, you know, given some of what I've, I've heard, seen, read, uh, you know, if you are going to Shula's, if you're going to Yachtsman, like this is another high quality, very expensive steak restaurant option. Yeah, I mean, considering there's three in New York City and Manhattan alone, and they've been there for a while, um, probably a good bet. To your point, if transportation transportation to Shula's might be an issue, or you just can't get a reservation at Yachtsman, uh, this might be an option for you. For sure. Probably wouldn't be my first choice, but I love steak, and if I had to eat there, that's okay with me. Now, guys, yeah, I find it interesting that one, one thing just to mention, I know a lot of folks like to brunch. Uh, they do have a brunch there, which is uh, not common among steak restaurants. It's not. So um, I, I would, having never been there, I'm going to throw out the, the concept that this is probably the best steak and eggs in Disney World, <laughs> even though I've never had it. <laughs> well, we we'll, we'll do a We'll do a full show on it. <laughs> Let's head over now, guys, to Wine Bar George. I went there uh, uh, two trips ago, not my last trip, the previous one. Have either of you guys eaten there? That's going to be a no for me, Clark. <laughs> uh, as you know, the motivation of a lot of this conversation was my upcoming summer trip. I think this will be in the rotation. Haven't yeah. been there before, though. Well, here's what I would say. When you first off, it's not a huge restaurant in terms of the number of seats available. You go to a place like Boathouse or Homecoming, you got tons of tables. It's not like that. And even the physical structure of the restaurant doesn't lend itself to a big dining room. The lower level is comprised largely of a bar, and it's a very nice bar. They're known for their wine, obviously, hence the name Wine Bar George, but they have many drinks available. When my wife and I went, we ate on the second level. I'll note they do have outdoor seating as well, so that's another option if for, for those interested in that. And what we had to eat was absolutely phenomenal. We went a little crazy that night. We had the cheese board and burrata to start. Both of them oh. were out of this world. The burrata was oh. phenomenal. For dinner, it's portioned for two. We had skirt steak with chimichurri. Am I saying that right? Yeah, chimichurri. Chimichurri. Right? Chimichurri. 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 That's very Mary Poppins of you, though. <laughs> That's just, if this is a, a musical podcast, we would now break it to some... <laughs> Break it to no someone. one wants that. I mean, we could anyway, but <laughs> no one wants it, including me. So that was uh, with chimichurri, and then it was served over roasted potatoes and asparagus. And the reason I recall that without even having to look it up was because it was so phenomenal. It was a wonderful meal, great drinks, wonderful staff. Don't think we had dessert there. I believe we went to Ghirardelli or something, or Ganachery afterwards. But uh, I got to tell you, it is for us. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a must-do, but it's a very likely to-do. That's it, if that makes any sense. I uh, had a great meal there. Highly recommended. So, like, for you, it'd be like in every other trip? Well, I mean, literally every other trip. Yeah. I am planning on going there this summer. No, they have kind of like a, a lounge or something alongside, right? Isn't there like a, a second yeah. wine bar, George? Uh, I, don't, I forget what they call it, but... Um... There's like a, I don't know that it has the same menu as the place you were at. I don't think it has to, the same menu, but I believe it's, it's the quote, basket. Yes. Yes. And what that is, it's a walk up window. Oh, and not okay. only do they okay. serve some drinks there, but you can also buy wine bar, George wine glasses to take home. And there's some really cool stuff, but it's small. It's a, 
It's literally a walk-up window. Okay. If you said tiki mug, Paul would go. I'm in. Let's do it. I mean, although, I mean, looking at the uh, the basket of Wine Bar George, the charcuterie looks mm. amazing. Little yeah. gherkins. Gherkins. You don't get those everywhere. That, that, that's, nice little, that's a nice little treat they're putting out there. So that, my friends, is Wine Bar George. Highly recommended. Now let's head over to, uh, why don't we go to Maria and Enzo's? Have either of you guys been there? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, not for me. Uh, I've seen it, but we have not been in oh. it yet. All right. Um, well, I, it, it was we we were debating that or the Edison last time when when we were there two years ago and we went Edison instead. Can't go wrong. That's not a not a bad move at all. Uh, I have been to Maria and Enzo's twice. The first time was literally right after they opened, and I must tell you, I wasn't that impressed with the food. The second time I went, which is to, I, I think it's a more accurate review to give because they had some time to get. Iron out their kinks. Uh, I had a much better meal. The chicken parmesan was my entree. Absolutely mm. delicious. Huge portion. Uh, pasta on the side. We had, I believe, mozzarella and tomato first. What makes this restaurant unique, though, because you could go to any Italian restaurant and get good chicken parm and all of that. It's the way. Not the necessarily in Florida, but. Not necessarily in Florida. That is true. And I guess in Disney World, best chicken parm. That's a good question. Where would we go for that? Via Napoli's got a good one, I think. Mama Melrose. Il Molino. Um, Il Molino. I have not been there, but that makes well, sense. What makes uh, Maria and Enzo's really unique is that it is designed like a 1960s airport terminal. So when you walk in, it is breathtaking. I mean, it really is one of the most breathtaking restaurants I've ever seen, the way it looks. And you enter on the upper level. There is this massive staircase that takes you down to most of the tables. And the walls are adorned with vintage travel posters the music playing is what you might find at an airport back in the 1950s, 1960s. And it's just a really cool looking restaurant. And that alone to me is reason to go back. And like I said, the food was good the second time. It's not like I had a bad meal. I really enjoyed it, but you're never going to eat an, another restaurant that looks like that. No, that's neat. That is Maria and Enzo's. And if it's set up in an airport terminal, they're, they're setting the bar low as far as how quality the food will be. So, <laughs> Just say no to airport fish is all I have to say. Ooh, that's up there with gas station sushi. Mm. Ooh. All right. This one's going in the rotation for the trip. Yeah, you will like it. I, I'm really eager to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, it's related, but not the same uh, as Enzo's Hideaway, which from what I understand, I've never been there myself. It's like a speakeasy type place that's a little bit hidden it's underground so when you're walking from the west side to the landing you cross that bridge which in the past i think would have taken you into pleasure island right that's where the entrance to pleasure island was yeah and yeah. you see a sign for the hideaway and then right behind it attached to the edison is maria nenzo's and they have i think they have pizza to go there's a walk-up pizza window at maria nenzo's i think don't call me on that um, is that pizza? Is that where Pizza Ponte is? Maybe that's it. Yeah, Pizza Ponte. That could be it. Preview. <laughs> if you put a sign out, it's not really hidden away anymore. Well, that's the double-edged side <laughs> of having a speakeasy hideaway, but it's an actual restaurant they want people to go to. Right. I can't imagine the crowds there are that big. I've never heard a single person say to me on all their Disney trips who we went to Enzo's Hideaway, which doesn't they make like the view. What's that? They like the view. Yeah, which is <laughs> nothing to see. 
You want to get away. It's cool. It's it's cool. Even I think the bathrooms. I saw a YouTube video once. They took you into like the bathrooms. It's it's like you, I don't think they actually took you into the bathrooms. That's an know. awkward video, Scott. I'm not sure I want to watch that one. It was it was on that other YouTube, but it's like they showed the walkway. But um, anyhow, I've never been. I would like to go. It's a possibility. But there, there's certainly no outdoor seating. So if you're looking, no. it's. I would prefer Maria Enzo's. And another good thing, even though I don't think there may be a lot of outdoor seating at Maria Enzo's, it is a very high ceilinged restaurant. It's a it's a massive place. Mm. And from what mm. I understand related to COVID and all that stuff, the higher the ceilings, the, the better the ventilation. So that's that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. I just wonder what Maria's like that Enzo needs a hideaway. I, I, I can't respond to that. I have nothing to say. I mean, that's that's nope. perfect. That's that's why podcasts exist for, for lines like that. <laughs> just let that one breathe. <laughs> let it breathe like a good glass of wine. Yeah. Uh, speaking of this, though, uh, Maria Nenzo is right next to the Edison. So uh, I know, Dean, you said a moment ago you were at the Edison on the prior trip. Tell us about your experience there. I have been to the Edison. I, I think the Edison is uh, is I haven't been to Maria Nenzo, so I can't compare the insides. But the Edison has kind of like that gothic sort of steampunk type decor mm-hmm. uh, and that appeals to me so i like that kind of kind of restaurant i like the way that they look um think of it kind of like i don't know turn of last century i guess i have to say at this point you know 1900s ish uh type abandoned area turned into a restaurant i'm not, I'm not doing a great job of describing it, but it's got that sort of like you know ex- exposed industrial feel inside there Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's still uh, very chic and very modern because of that. Um, but, you know, the, as nice as the decor is, I think the food actually stands out very well. Um, you know, pretty approachable menu. Got a couple appetizers on there. I remember we had the calamari. It was it was pretty good. Uh, a few salads to go through. And then, um, you know, ribs, salmon, steaks, burgers. The, I, I had the burger. Mm-hmm. I remember it being pretty good. Um, so it, it's, it wasn't the best meal I've had, even the best meal at Disney Springs that I've had, but I liked the overall experience and the cocktails were quite good. I do yeah. recall that vividly. Um, so this is really extensive as is the draft bottle canned and cidered beer. Yeah. So I think it's a, you know, it, it does have a kid's meal, which is good. You know, sometimes when you think about things that are steampunk goth, you might not think children, right. um, but this is definitely a family friendly restaurant. No, no question there. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think that it's, uh, you know, compared to some of the other restaurants that we've already talked about, the price point here is a little bit lower, mm-hmm. which I think people, although I say that as I look at the menu with a $25 burger, um, but it's, uh, it, you know, so not everything is lower, but you know, $30 for a salmon entree that might run you closer to 40 at some of the other restaurants we've talked about. So it's, it's not going to be a cheap meal by any means, but I, I liked the quality. We had good service. Um, definitely a place that has enough tables and isn't as popular as some of the other places that I think this is the kind of place if you're close to your trip and you want to get an ADR, it's probably available. And if you forgot to make an ADR, it's one of your better bets to actually have a table available. Paul, have you been there to the Edison? Have not, but I'm going to have to go because they have clothesline candied bacon. I just saw that on the menu. That was going to be a highlight dish I was going to mention. So thank you. I've I've had that. (laughs) <laughs> the Edison aesthetic, the steampunk is very similar to Toothsome over at Universal. It's kind of, yeah. it has a similar yeah, feel fair to comparison. That. I've not been there to eat, but I've been there when it's just a bar at night. And 
uh, I remember just hanging out there. There was a great, I've been there twice actually for late night clubbing, I guess you could call it. And Scott after dark, Scott after dark. <laughs> that's on that YouTube video where you're watching. Oh, the- no. That's right. Oh, that's quite a video. <laughs> but, uh, I'll tell you two things that stand out. One, there was great live entertainment. I just, I don't know the name of the band, but just great band. Um, and there was this guy there that just was going up to every girl there and asking to dance. It was pretty ins- inspirational, actually. But um, another time I was there, I just, this is a total random memory, but I'll never forget this. There was a group of women sitting at a table and they were f- dancing in their chairs. They had this whole dance routine where they didn't stand up and they were moving their chairs around. It was, I, 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 I just never will wow. forget that. I think I was staring at them for this probably when I left quickly. <laughs> but um, when when we were there, there was a group of I'm going to say 12 to 15 people, um, and they were all dressed in like dapper style that fits that culture, that fits that aesthetic. Uh, very steampunk clothing and and you know tall hats and interesting goggles and large boots and things like that. Just uh, it was really cool to help. And they they were not employed by the restaurant. This was guests that were there right. and just happened to meet up with each other and so it was it really added to the ambiance to have folks like that dressed in the style for sure yeah this is a good place and i've heard every time i hear people talking about the food they're always very complimentary so to me i'm adding this to the list i'm going to try to maybe go there on my next trip so this this was good i, I think you'll enjoy it guys what do you say we head over now to raglan road I know that is one of your favorites. Oh, we could be oh. we could be we could be here a while. Oh yes. I'm going to ask you some uh, some questions. Let's let's begin with this. If I was going to Raglan Road and had to order just one entree, what would you get? Lunch or dinner? Dinner. Paul, you want to go first? That's tough because we usually get a couple appetizers that we can't not get. Like every time we go, we always get the donkey duo, um, which is just amazing. Awesome. Um, it's leaving my head with the little um, bangers and mash are good. Mm. Um, uh, the pork is good. Fish and chips, of course. Um, that's it's a dish. That's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, a, like, it's seriously, I know, I know he said, one. well, and, 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 and this is why we'll probably go here more than one time on our upcoming yeah. trip. Uh, I will throw down the gauntlet, Scott, and tell you that yes. this has the best burger on property. The oh. best burger on property. Okay. That at an so Irish bar. Well, at an Irish uh, bar, believe yeah. it or not. And I've had a lot of burgers at Walt Disney World. Does it beat the, well, we'll get to the boathouse. I'm not, we're not getting into the details of the boathouse until the end. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, I guess hearing you guys talk about it is this an absolutely essential restaurant for you on a disney world trip it usually kicks off our disney trip okay usually Ooh, like this, is, this is a this is a place that we go um our last trip in uh 2017 now holy crow uh this is where we went with my parents um i think i mentioned it earlier when i was talking about jack Lindsay's. we did jack Lindsay's and we went to raglan road Mm-hmm. Um, and that was our last night at Universal before transferring over to the Wilderness Lodge. Right. So I remember it, that. it is a really it's a great way to kind of slide into vacation mode, um, because depending on when you go, it will, it will change your experience. I mean, you can go for an early dinner and you can be in and out in an hour, hour and a half if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. If you went later and the dancers take over, if you wanted to be there for three hours, they will not kick you out. I mean, wow. it, it is just 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great experience. You might run into a live, live entertainment here as well. You can get bands playing, yeah. you can get live music. Um, Paul mentioned the dancers that'll come around, you know, especially if you have younger kids, it's great for them to learn how to do a little bit of Irish yeah, they step bring dancing. Up on stage. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's very easy to continue to order rounds here. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's not a challenge to have a couple of pints uh, while you're hanging out. And yeah, I, th there's just so many things that the, the braised beef here on this menu is really good. It's I'm, I'm, I finally joined you guys and looking up at these menus and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking up and down and thinking half the time I've been there and we've probably been there a dozen times now. Yeah. Um, I think half the time I've gotten the burger <laughs> and the other half I've, I've cycled through some of these other options and they've all been really good. And uh, we we've gone with my in-laws a few times, which I appreciate because they'll deviate from my standards. And so I'll try a little bit off their plates too. Sure. Uh, so I've had most of this menu at this point and I, I can't tell you there's anything I've had here that wasn't really top quality, good, good worth the order and again uh, you know, i mentioned price point before the entrees here all start with a two they're not with threes and fours like a lot of the other restaurants so sure this is a this is a little bit and i, I guess i'm peeking at the lunch menu maybe at dinner no even i'm no, looking at dinner dinner dinner, no. dinner doesn't go up either so the you know, burger we, you were talking about is 22 it's not 25 like it was over at um you know the last place that we that we were talking about yeah so, and again i mean you have to just preface by saying these are disney world prices so a 26 dollars fish and chips is is not outrageous yeah i know your local place probably does fish and chips for 13.99 but this is Walt disney world so you, well right. can you i also tell that. you the fish and chips here and the fish and chips at the um at the place next door that sells just exclusively fish and chips <laughs> is not fish sticks right it's a side of fish like it right. is a serious piece of fish have you guys been to raglan road for lunch Yes. Yes. How did the crowds compare? And the reason I asked that question is because I want to go there on my trip this summer. We we know we're going to do indoor dining at times, but we also want to probably try to get outdoor dining. And I know Raglan Road has some outdoor dining, actually. But uh, is it as busy for lunch as, as it is for dinner? When we went for lunch, it was not. Okay. Agree. Yeah, we've had the same experience. It's not very busy at lunch. And um, certainly if you do an off-time lunch, it's even less likely to be busy. Yeah, if I if I recall correctly, we rope drop Raglan after doing the Christmas shop, and it was in a December trip. So I mean, it was oh. it was just a we were very Christmassy and feeling you know uh, British at that point. But um, yeah, that it, it's still never too early for a sampler. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. This is good, guys, because I really don't. I cannot say for certain when the last time I was there, and. I'm a burger guy, so I will be going there this summer. I'm really excited for that. Um, one thing I will ask you to do, I think yes. I did finally nail down the one thing on the menu that I'd recommend that somebody get. Tell me. And it is not going to be what you would expect. Okay. Save room for Gurr's bread and butter pudding. Yes. Ooh. Yes. I not forgot about it. Oh, I should have free. Not no, no. <laughs> it's bread pudding. Okay. But they give you the two sauces as a caramel sauce and there's a yeah. crumb anglaise sauce and you pour it on to the hot bread pudding yourself. Wow. It is absurdly good for dessert. And it's one of those things where we come around to dessert time. It's like, I don't care if I need to lay on the couch back at the room <laughs> for like two hours and not move. I'm Take getting the rest of, the day of this. I'm getting some of it into my mouth. <laughs> I love that recommendation because I would probably not have thought to order that on my own. 
So thank you for, for mentioning that. I'll give you a full report. Yeah. I mean, to the point where we've tried to recreate it at home several oh. times. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And if you like a little whimsy in your appetizers, go with the scallop forest or the lollipop chicken. Yeah. I saw those on the menu. Yeah. Scallop forest. Why do they call it the scallop forest? They're on sticks. Yeah. <laughs> They're <laughs> set up like little trees. Well, thank you guys for that summary. And Paul, you mentioned when we were talking a place next door that serves fish and chips. Would that be Cookies of Dublin? Cooks of Dublin. Yes, it would. Um, oh, and, and oddly enough, <laughs> There's no I in there, bud. It's yeah, good. It's getting late. It's, it's, past, it's past 10 o'clock. Well, it, 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 it's ye oldy fishy cooksies of Dublin. Oh, man. I'm leaving that in, by the way. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Absolutely. This is actually this is actually cookies, too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> nice little uh, DCL throwing. But uh, yeah, Cooks of Dublin have actually ended up where we didn't have an ADR, so we're going to hang out next door and wait for our table to be ready. And they have beer and they have fish and chips at mm -hmm. Cooks of Dublin. Cool. And outdoor seating. And, um, you know, we, we actually, when, when Grapes was much younger, like I want to say like four years old, she was already digging fish and chips. She'd be eating and done eating. And then we'd go for like our ADR at like nine. She'd be asleep in the, you know, in the, in the stroller, like the last year of the stroller. And yeah. then she'd wake up and go dance and she'd go back to the stroller, and go to sleep. Wow. <laughs> But That's yeah, awesome. no, I, it's, it's, it's a really good, I mean, it's uh, not quite quick service. Like it's, it's like an, it's like an in-between. Right. How would you compare their fish and chips to what they serve in Epcot over in England? Better. Better. Better than the Yorkshire fish shop. Mm-hmm. Faster than the Yorkshire fish shop. <laughs> Faster. Yeah. That's, and Dean, how about you? I Have mean, you been to, uh, to, to cookies of Dublin? <laughs> Cooks of Dublin. I've been to Cookies. I agree, and I I also think that the fish and chips they serve at Cooks of Dublin is different than the fish and chips you get inside at Raglan Road. Okay. Uh, they they use a different fish. Okay. Both both very good. Um, and I'm not sure I'm discerning enough to know that on my own, but I've been told uh, by the folks that work there that they actually do serve different fish and chips. So. I'm, Yet another reason to go here multiple times. Yeah, I'm fine to be corrected. Actually, Scott, we would prefer if you um, FaceTime us while you're down there and get both fish and chips. <laughs> get both, yes. The, with the bread pudding. <laughs> yes. Awesome. That's great. Now, guys, we're not done eating. We got a few more places to go here. And I'm going to go to a place I have never been to. I've, I've been there in its previous version when it was Fulton's Crab House. But Paddlefish, mm. have you been to Paddlefish? Paul. I have been to Fulton's Crab House. Yes. I have been to the Lily Bell back yes. when it was that at the Disney Marketplace when it was the first and only character dining spot. And I believe I was seven. So this is a while ago. I have not been to Paddlefish in its current incarnation. Dean, have you been to Paddlefish? That's got to be at least 20 years ago, Paul. I more. <laughs> what's, what's Epcot's uh, anniversary coming up? Uh, you know, they're, they're hitting a few years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one less than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have not been to Paddlefish. Uh, I have been uh, to, in previous incarnation, but not uh, not the current model. It's going to take a lot to get me to go away to Paddlefish. What's that? It's going to take a lot to get me away <laughs> from you. There's nothing that 100 men or more could ever do. Where's that dollar bar? Down in Africa. <laughs> okay. 
I love that song. Now I'm playing the song in my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a really great song. Weezer does a great version of that song. They do. Yeah. Sorry. It's a de- definite tense, a very tepid. Yeah, from Paul. Yeah. The Toto version is better. Yeah. And that's I'm, still I'm not a- the best version. What is the best version? Stop. The Dawa Bar version. Oh, oh, oh. As without, heard without, on the three o'clock parade podcast. Without question. Just ask Skipper Dick Ritchie on Twitter. He will send you a link of me singing the Dawa Bar is down in <laughs> and hitting notes that no one needs to. That a hundred men or more could never do. hundred men on boats. <laughs> they, they couldn't hit those notes. No. <laughs> Well, it's going to take a lot to, to <laughs> motivate me to go somewhere other than Boathouse in Disney Springs if I want seafood. Um, yeah. I will say, when I went to Fulton's, I thought it was good. I thought it was all right. Not not anything amazing. I thought it looked very cool just to be on a boat like that. Paddlefish, my impression of it is that they took that boat shape and they modernized it. It's become a little bit trendy, bit more modern looking. Uh, food looked good. Um, I've seen it on video. I actually, I don't think I've ever talked to someone that went there. If I have, I, I can't remember it. Um, I, I'm sure it's a decent place. I just, I can't comment on it. I've never been. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to invoke my Northeast snobbery again too. And I, I always am upset when I see a place like this that serves a main lobster for $65 Ooh. Yeah. because we get them around here in the summer for, you know, Five ninety nine a pound, so it's it, it just pains me. To, and I you know they have to ship them down to Florida, and there's a lot of work there, and it, it's it's a novelty, so they can upcharge. But um, that that kind of always throws me for a little bit off to wanting to go to see the rest of the menu when they're when I feel what you know. Again, it's it's my local delicacy in a way. I'm not in Maine, but close enough. Um, so when you see that, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm really not going to go there. But no, I'm I'm reading through the menu now, and it's it's got pretty good sounding stuff. You know, it's. Uh, like you said, heavy on the seafood, but if you're with folks who don't eat seafood, mm-hmm. they got chicken, they got filet mignon, they, they got a caprese, they got a burger. So it's it, there's plenty of other options. Um, but I'm with you. There, there's so many great choices in this area that it'll be a while before I'll probably go to Paddlefish. Yeah, it's 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 not at the top. I mean, look, that, they got a caprese sandwich for 12 bucks. That's... Got a half and half combination soup and salad, half chicken Caesar wrap along with a soup. You get stuff like that. I'm sure it's good. If anyone has been to Paddlefish, write in, let us know what you think of it. Um, we'll, we'll leave Paddlefish. We'll keep it in mind for future trips. And we'll walk a couple steps away to a really great restaurant. I think it's really great. And that's Terralina Crafted Italian. I um, will share with you a, a great Disney memory. It may have been the last time I was in Disney, which was January 2020. I flew down for a conference. I arrived late at night, the night before the conference started, or two days before, whatever. And I went over to Disney Springs, and I just was able to get into Terralina late night. And I sat down. I had a caprese salad to start. Chicken parm. That was a good chicken parm, by the way. We talked about chicken parm earlier. That's a good one. And had dessert. And it was just like late night. Disney Springs was not that busy. It was off season. And I felt, man, this is great. I'm here. I'm in Disney. Let's go. And uh, that's my experience with Terralina. It's, I, I enjoy it. I thought it was really, really good. How about you guys? Have not been there. was at its previous incarnation several times. Um, yes, but, I, I mean, if, if it's impressing the Jersey guy and it's Italian, then um, usually that's a ringing endorsement. I wouldn't say it's it, – it was very good Italian food. I wouldn't say it was the best I ever had, but it was really good. And the design of the restaurant 
I thought was quite comfortable. Um, that's that those two came together. Yeah. Like they say on Peloton, cadence and resistance come together to form output. To form output. That's right. And here you can get a $20 crafted burger. Coming down. The, far, the farther we walk, the cheaper the burger. Well, I mean, it's an Italian place, so I don't know how many people yeah. are going to go to. Good point. <laughs> I don't I recall think... a burger on the on the Portobello Yacht Club menu. No. Dean, no, have you been to Terralina? I have not been to Terralina. Fond, fond, fond memories of Portobello, but uh, I have sure. not been to Terralina. I am now going back to the list of restaurants. Anything as anybody wants to say about Terralina? I would order the Parmesan Duo so I can try their chicken and eggplant parm on the same Ooh, plate. That's quality. I love that's eggplant something. parm. That's something I started eating. The I do too. Years. Oh, it's so good. Eggplant parm. Not a fan of eggplant parm. It's a little too thick for me, the eggplant. I do like eggplant rollatini, however. That, well, also, that's also good stuff choice. we love. Which is way more cheese. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. No. Seasonal bread pudding here, Paul. Mm, Italian bread pudding. It's good bread. I, <laughs> have either of you guys been to Paradiso 37? Because I have not. I have. Tell us about it, Dean. Um, I was put off by our experience because solely because of the process of being seated. Um, and, and it's not a fair thing to judge a restaurant by that. Although, you know, the, the experience in the entrance is, is part of it. Um, we had an ADR and I think we got seated somewhere in the neighborhood of 45 to 50 minutes past our time. Yeah. And I felt like there were folks like showing up and getting seated mm. that were after us either, you know, we had an ADR later than us or didn't have one at all. And I, so I don't know if we just got passed over or they were just that backed up. Um, once we finally got our table, I would say, um, I'm racking my brain for good, good restaurants on Disney property that give you this type of food. Cause it's not exactly Mexican food, mm -hmm. um, but they have tacos, you know, they have what they'll call a Mexican burger. Um, but then they have like flatbreads and lots of sandwiches and stuff like that. You know what? I'd be curious to know if it compares to, and I, I keep forgetting the name of this place, the outdoor restaurant over at Coronado Springs. Um, I ate there too. And it's amazing. I can never remember the name <laughs> of this place. Um, it's where the Lakers celebrated their NBA title, from what I understand. <laughs> I'd like to see pictures of that meal. <laughs> well, I'd like to see pictures of the bill. Three bridges. Uh, three bridges. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. It's right in the middle. Right. I'm looking at the menu of three bridges. No, I've never been to three bridges. Um, but yeah, so so going back to Paradiso though, I mean, yes. it's you know again, it's got it's got quesadilla. I think part of it was I, I didn't have a full appreciation of the menu going in, and then um, you know what we ordered, and this is a while ago now for for the record. It's been several several years. Uh, my son was probably still stroller bound when we went here. Hmm. Um, it was fine. It, it was it was again. It was one of those places where it's like okay, we got in. It was insanely crowded, which I don't think is the current experience there. Hmm. Um, and it was it was frustrating to get seated. So I think we just got started off on a bad step. But the food was fine. The actual service from the servers was very good, from what I remember. Um, and and again, uh, you judge a place like this by its margaritas. And um, yeah, you know, the, the the cocktails were were good. They were they were pretty sizable, from what I recall. Uh, and I'm not always the biggest margarita fan. I remember liking them here. 
So it's a place that I think you check out the menu to make sure you understand what they serve. Because if you're thinking Mexican, it's not. It's more traditional, I guess, South American, maybe. Yes. Yeah, um, but then, like, there's a few burgers on the menu, you yeah. know, so it's I'm, I'm having a hard time categorizing this place. Uh, and I'm probably not doing a great job of saying it's good because I do think it was good. Um, but it wouldn't be at the top of my list. It definitely won't be in the rotation this summer. Mm-hmm. It does look interesting because it's got several types of dips, queso dip, guacamole dip. And then if you get that, you know, those are like between 12 to $16. And then you get a border nachos for two for $19. We have a couple of drinks, I think, you know, for, for a couple, this might be an inexpensive way to kind of just kind of have some, have some small plates and get some, get, get in and out if you can get seated. Uh, <laughs> unlike, unlike Dean's prior experience. Well, and, and I think they have a bar in there as well. So I'm not sure if the bar is a ser- you know, sit- seated place by the service or if it's a first come first serve. I can't answer that question. Um, but if you can get to the bar and, and do exactly what Paul just described, that'd be a nice way to take in this restaurant. Yeah. I'll tell you guys, I yeah, don't know if you mentioned. There. What's that, Paul? I, I was just looking over their drinks and yes, oh. absolutely. This, this looks uh, specialty cocktails. Um, I mean, it's all manner of tequilas, as you'd imagine. Uh, blood orange margarita, which I don't think you could ever go wrong with. Um, they have a wonderful category five, a Kentucky bramble, uh, all kinds of mules and whiskey and uh, yeah, gin drinks. They got a uh, punch. <laughs> uh, yeah, this 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 looks like the kind of place that I would go probably just to the bar. Again, this is COVID over everything. All all being said. Right. Um, you know, like where, where I might go late night, just my wife and I get some stuff to just nosh on while we sit at the bar and, and enjoy some of these cocktails. I'm not sure if either of you guys mentioned these options, but I'm looking at the menu here. Nashville hot chicken sandwich, buttermilk fried chicken drizzled with hot sauce, candied bacon, Monterey Jack cheese, lettuce, tomato, ranch dressing. Sounds good. Honolulu por- pulled pork sandwich, slow roasted pulled pork, grilled pineapple, coleslaw, whiskey barbecue sauce that sounds really good and i guess when you think of taste of the americas which is kind of so i, I always think of this place as more latin but mm-hmm. I, I guess that's sort of the u.s part of the americas that's going into the menu right. so it's that, that and the flatbreads i always found a little bit miscast on the menu but i guess if i appreciate it for the the full title the paradiso 37 taste of the americas that, that those actually do fit in for sure. And what's funny is um, this menu looking at it and then put that way, I mean, the name of the restaurant is Taste of the Americas. I always thought that this would be a neat type of evolving menu to have for the American adventure where you'd have something that would just be like each day of the week is a different sector of, of the country um, to show. And this is just showing, you know, they, they've got Peruvian food. Um, they've got, you know, the Argentinian skirt steak. Um, so it is really up and down the North and South America. So, yeah, I mean, given that way, it, I can kind of understand why it would seem really eclectic to have a North Carolina barbecue pork rib uh, and Patagonian seared salmon. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, well, if, if, if I you think it comes to really well with the, the dessert menu. Sorry, sorry there, Scott. But if you look at the dessert <laughs> menu, they have Florida sunshine orange cake, Brazilian brigadeiro. Maui upside down Mexican churros and then yeah mini ice cream cones but still the other four you know very much giving you the description of where they're sourced from between Maui Mexico City Brazil and Florida Mm -hmm. so again celebrating the Americas does come through in that way yeah yeah so drinks appetizers and then desserts that's a meal right there 
That's the way to do it. You just need a 14-day trip, Scott. That, that is true. I'm not even at that level yet. <laughs> but, Maybe uh, 37 days. 37, yeah. For <laughs> nice. Sweet. Uh, let's head over to Morimoto Asia. Um, I've been there once. Have you guys been there? Have not, but they follow me on Twitter. Whoa. That's the real deal right there. <laughs> I got spare rib appetizer. I got dumplings, I think, also mm-hmm. as an appetizer. And I seem to recall, though I can't, I just, I really don't remember a chicken dish for the entree. Um, I, Fried chicken sandwich. <laughs> I ordered it from Paradiso. But um, honestly, I remember that my wife and I thought it was okay. We wanted to like it more. We had heard such good things about it. Uh, I, Similar to Marie and Enzo's, where I, I did like the food much more there, but the inside of Morimoto's restaurant is very beautiful. It's distinct. It's got cool lighting. It's a very trendy place. Um, also high ceiling. Very high ceiling, so, so good to keep in mind. I just don't know if I would go back. I did see recently, and this is actually a good thing to mention now, there is a uh, walk-up window, Morimoto Asia Street Food, which is attached to the restaurant, and they have seating as well. And it seems to be covered, if I if I understand right from this YouTube video I saw. And I said to my wife, when we go, let's go to that walk-up window. They had egg rolls. They had uh, spareribs, I think. They had sushi and some other things. And I thought that was, if we wanted more Moto's food, but didn't necessarily want to spend the money that you spend inside, I thought it's a good compromise. So that's that's my take on Morimoto. Wonder if they could recreate the true street market atmosphere throughout Disney Springs. Uh, you know, I experienced it in Norway, where you literally go point at the piece of seafood you want, and then they grill it for you. Wow. Um, I mean, I've done that in Newark. Um, you know, for the uh, um, Portugal Day Parade. Um, it, it, and it is such a festival atmosphere. That'd be interesting. I know we're going to talk about food trucks at some point, but um, it's, it's a little different than that. Um, and it, it's very, it's, it's a very jovial, keep moving while you're eating. Type mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That, that would be very cool. Now, I'd give Morimoto a little higher marks than you did. We we okay. had, I remember having sushi there and sashimi. I can talk tonight. Sashimi. And it was really good. I mean, the one thing I'll say is that they are trying to strike a very highbrow version of the food they serve. So, for example, you get a California roll, right? You get the crab with a K usually at most mm-hmm. places. Here, they're giving you blue crab meat in your crab roll. And it's also a $16 crab roll. So right. a little bit reminiscent of like the sushi you might get at California Grill, but this is a little bit more traditional. You can get actual, you know, just like pieces of fish in the sashimi model or uh, not everything is in a roll with lots of sauce over the top. Um, and then they actually have Wagyu beef here, which you mm-hmm. can't get in many places in the U.S., um, certainly in Florida. So uh, I, I think that's part of what they're going for, but I, I agree with you that I think the price point for what you get is a little bit high. Right. Um, but I remember having everything we had. I remember being very good. I think I got the orange chicken. Uh, and that I remember, may have been what I had too. So I remember someone at our table ordered the fried rice, and it was really good. It had lots of different um, meats in it: duck, chicken, pork, shrimp, and like not not like one of each, like you get at some places, and the rest of it's rice. Like it was it was pretty well stacked with the proteins. Um, so I liked it quite a bit here. I, I don't know that it's an every trip or every other trip type rotation. Um, with my son eating more gluten-free, uh, sushi is something that he'll eat. 
Um, so this is this is a, a good choice for us mm -hmm. um, because I know there's stuff on here that he would eat. It would make him sad though to not get the shumai because that used to be one of his favorite things as a as a little guy before we mm -hmm. knew he was allergic to to gluten. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the rolls and the price point leads me to believe you know to your point it's more like California Grill type sushi where it's that two two and a half inch wide sushi it's not the um it's three quarters of an inch yeah and there's a grain <laughs> of rice and the the thinnest piece of seaweed you can possibly think of um yeah and, and i'm looking actually you know at some of these uh, sushi platters that they have with the 18 pieces of nigiri and two rolls yeah that's actually not bad for a hundred dollars uh which sounds like a lot but if you're getting two rolls and you're getting that much nigiri it's probably going to cost you more than that on the card Anything else to say about Morimoto, guys? I don't have anything else to add to it. Um, I'm, I'm looking up and down the menu because I remember there being a very unique dessert here, and I can't remember what it was. Um, but I, I do recall that there was something interesting on the dessert menu. So I'd say... Uh, there was something. Yeah, good. Yeah, I would say I, I don't normally think when I, when we go to an Asian restaurant, I, usually dessert is is pretty uninspired for the, for the places that I've been to. Um, but I do recall there was something good here, and I apologize. I can't find it right now. Well, let me read you this, because I saw this on the menu. Oh, here. It's in the dinner menu. This seemed to – and it was a dessert thing, too. I didn't even see dessert. Here we go. It says tonight's special, so I don't know if they have this every night. The melon soda float. Melon-flavored ramune, which is Japanese soda. Melon boba pearls and vanilla gelato. No. They go over to Marie and Enzo's to get the gelato, <laughs> or the gelateria that's downtown. Yeah, oh, no, that that's good. I, the thing that I recall getting isn't here, but the one right below that, Scott, the banana lumpia split, yes, mm -hmm. Thai banana Valrona milk chocolate wrapped in spring roll sheets, flash cool. fried and coated with five spice sugar, topped off with chocolate chip gelato and more chocolate. Yeah, that's good. That, that 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 sounds pretty inspired actually so th that this looks a little better than what i recall there was i, I just can't remember there was one item that was like a, a specialty dessert uh when we were there and it was it was interesting it wasn't my favorite dessert but it was at least uh very well presented well i mean you know i was thinking about, about italian a couple times the green tea tiramisu looks like an interesting take on tiramisu mm -hmm. yeah but you know what i was thinking about guys here as we're talking about these unique desserts over at morimoto Think about all the restaurants just on this episode alone we're talking about. And for, I would think, the vast majority of visitors to Disney World, they may not even think about any of these. It's interesting. Oh, so, so many people focus on, I'm going to a park, I will be there all day, and then I go back to my room, and I right. sleep, and I wake up the next day and go to a park. And you're right. And I'm going to choose will... my resort based on the signature dining at that resort, which is mm -hmm. fine. There's nothing wrong with There's that. There's nothing but wrong there with that. There's more to do than dining at your resort. I feel like Disney Springs, despite being busy, is still certain to, to a certain degree a secret. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't recognize all the choices. Now, guys, all of course I, know is I want to get these. You got to go to a place that has a menu item that's called medium fatty. <laughs> what does that entail? Ah, funny. It's a fish. So your entail is a very good pun. It's a bluefin tuna medium fatty. Okay. So I think it's just a section of the fish from the bluefin tuna that has a medium amount of fat to it. And then there's the bluefin tuna fatty tuna belly. Fatty. Tuna belly is a good part of a tuna. Yeah, it is. Well, well guys, I think, I think we got 
the Wagyu brief um, does not have a price next to it. Mm. No, <laughs> but it will be a minimum three ounce serving. If you have to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story about Morimoto. The one time I went, as we were waiting to be seated, there was a family there. And they had one of those official Disney tour guides. She was wearing that plaid outfit. Yeah. She, so I was fascinated to see someone in the wild like this. And so I started asking her <laughs> questions about her experience. And she was answering them very patiently. And then I normally would never say this, but I said, it costs a lot to hire you for this. And then her response was sort of like, yes, it does. But the way she said it, she gave me this, this look of pity as if to say, yes, it does. And you're not going to be able to afford this. So <laughs> go eat your meal. <laughs> That was that was a memory. So anything you want to say about Pizza Pond? We mentioned it earlier. I've not been there. Either of you gentlemen been there? Am I even saying that right? Pizza Pond? Pizza Ponte. Pizza, Pizza Ponte. Okay. Anything to say about it before we go to some of the, the highlights of this entire podcast? Uh, Ponte in some languages means bridge. Mm-hmm. It's only... Friends don't let friends eat Florida pizza. Well, there's that. So let's use it as a bridge to restaurants that we actually know a little something about. <laughs> uh, let's begin with a dessert place that just opened up within the past year. That's Gideon's Bakehouse. Gideon's, I have not been to this location. I have had Gideon's cookies. There is another location in Orlando. The only thing I will say about this is I was watching a YouTube video from within the past two weeks where the person was at Disney Springs as it opened in the morning, and there was already a massive line for Gideon's. And they said, you know, I mean, I want to see the place. It looks great. But 30 minutes away, if you're able to get there, is the other Gideon's in Orlando, and it never has a line like this. So as I get ready for my trip a few months from now, if it's just too long away to get into this Gideon's, I'm going to get in my rental car and actually I'll have my car because it's a road trip and drive over to the other Gideon's. Because I love their cookies. They're literally half-pound cookies. The flavors are out of this world. They are meals in and of themselves. They're the best cookies I've ever had, without question. Uh, I just don't know if I'm ready to wait an hour online at Disney Springs. I I don't know. That's my uh, thoughts on Gideon's. Paul shaking his head no. Yeah, I'm not waiting an hour for a cookie. Mm. Um, That's, I mean, to your point, in an hour, you could get to the other location and back. True. and, and maybe sell cookies to the people waiting in line, uh, which would be funny. Uh, Not a bad but, idea, actually. <laughs> but I, it, there's, it, it's interesting you say it's the best cookie you've ever had, because to me, it, there is a preponderance of toppings. And mm-hmm. almost like the toppings overwhelm the cookie. I like the cookie itself. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with cake, I do enjoy frosting, but I also enjoy the cake. Um, you know, I, I, like, I like to taste cookie when I'm having a cookie. I don't necessarily want... Um, chocolate chips and a little bit of cookie batter. In so here's my response to that. The, you are absolutely correct. The toppings are extremely overwhelming, but that is balanced by the thickness of the cookie. Okay. So that to me is, is what makes it. And they tend to be very soft. I, I like, I like harder cookies. I like softer cookies. I just like cookies. I, like in general. Soft, I actually like soft cookies. I like, yeah. I like cookies that if you were to hold it straight out, mm-hmm. like you're holding maybe a quarter of it mm-hmm. after a minute, it's in danger of breaking because it is just bending, right. bending, bending. I think you would like the consistency of the Gideon's cookies then. All right. Um, Dean bring me back some. I will do my best. Question for you, Scott. Yes. Um, I'm noticing two things on the menu that I wanted to know about. Number one, 
they have something called monthly limited edition flavor. Have you right. ever had one of those or do you know what any of those are? Uh, I have not had, but I believe there is one at Gideon's now, which is a peanut, blood, peanut butter flavored cookie. And the reason I know that is because the other day they actually ran out of them. So oh. people that were online waiting for these were notified that they were all out and they had to get something else. Uh, so uh, their limited editions go quickly. Gideon's has a major following of people that know all about their cookies. The one I'm most interested in trying that I've not yet tried is around Halloween. It's a Frankenstein inspired cookie, which is from what I understand, dark chocolate with plenty of M&Ms on top. That to me sounds really good. Uh, they also have some like triple chocolate cookie, which I've never had, which looks great, but they're most traditional, which is their regular chocolate chip cookie. It is very distinct. The owner, I be, don't quote me on this, but I think I'm right. The owner of Polite Pig also owns Gideon's. And Polite Pig used to get a delivery twice a day of these chocolate chip cookies from Gideon's. And I was there once when the delivery came in and there was a line at Polite Pig just for these cookies. And they would put them out on display and they'd be gone in 10 minutes. I do have to tell you, looking again at the menu, the limited special item of hot cookie hour. This appeals to me greatly. <laughs> that at 7 p.m., uh -huh. They welcome you to enjoy the classic chocolate chip cookie straight out of the oven. I would enjoy oh. that. Wow. I'm seeing this for the first time and I'm ready to go tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd have to get in line now. <laughs> That's right. For two nights for now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's, it's, a separate, it's, separate it's a half video. hour drive to the other Gideons from Saratoga Springs. Mm -hmm. Right. You may that, want to consider doing that. That's not a, not a bad idea. Oh, so my second question for you. I see that they also serve cake, and I know mm -hmm. that they're very, very famous for their cookies, but have you ever tried their cake? No, I've just seen pictures of it, and I've never tried their peanut butter-flavored cold brew coffee. Uh, I've heard mixed things about that. The cake looks great. It's just massive, absolutely massive. So I'd say it's good for two people. See, and Dean, here you go again. The Secret Slice, which is a random release. You can only get one per customer. They don't even tell you what the cake is. You just it's a take secret. It. It's kind of like the soup Nazi. Oh, my God. If that and was like something with, something with coconut on top of it, I would it's I'd a, be so upset. I would cake. throw it at him. It's a macaroon <laughs> cake. Don't ruin my dessert with coconut. I'll take all of your coconut desserts. Coconut belongs in rum and rum only. I like all of those things. <laughs> and on shrimp. No, I don't want the texture. It's it's the texture that bothers me. I'll take it all. You can have it. Yep. I'll take this your is, chocolate chip cookie that you poo-pooed. This is, this is why, <laughs> this, is why um, this podcast works so well. The symbiotic relationship. Are you guys ready? I want, I want this cookie, Scott. I, th this has got to happen it. on my trip. Uh, let's, let's do it. And then um, I have to find a way to get them home to Paul. Yes. All right, guys. Are you ready for the final two from the landing in, in Disney Springs? And this is an exciting moment because these are two of my favorite restaurants in the entire world. And let's start it off over at Chef Art Smith's Homecoming, which, breaking news, MCO at their new airport terminal is going to get a Wine Bar George and a Chef Art Smith's. Oh, oh wow. Game According changer. According to Twitter, which is always legit, but this, this was legit. Oh, now that, hmm, mm. that's, is, that's not through the security theater? Like that's in the main concourse? I'm not sure. 
I don't if it's know. Through security, that's a game changer. Because then you go through and then you've got like time to kill. That's great. I do not think it's going to be. Uh, it may be through security. Because they also said there's going to be a new Disney gift shop. And I'm trying to think. That's not through security. That's that is not through security. That was in that area, main yeah. area with the main circle, gift yeah. shop and Universal yeah. right there. Yeah. Chili's too. You can go there and eat. True. Well, uh, let me begin by asking you guys this. I think I've asked you this. I just don't remember what you said. Have you been to Homecoming? I have not. I have not. It is a very hard restaurant to get into. I have been on trips where I've tried to get reservations and I've not been able to. It is, if you like fried chicken and that type of food, I can't recommend this place enough. I'm going to give you a couple Chef Art Smith's homecoming stories, experiences here. Uh, first time I went, the initial thing that amazed me were their cheddar biscuits. Insane. Thick, fluffy, tasty, hot. Then for my entree that first time, I had their standard fried chicken dinner, which comes with several pieces of fried chicken, comes with a cheddar biscuit on its own, uh, comes with... I think it may have come with either mac and cheese or mashed potatoes. Uh, one way or another, I got the mashed potatoes. And I am definitive in telling you it was the best mashed potatoes I've ever had in my life. And I'm a mashed potatoes guy. I've had them in countless numbers of places. These were the creamiest, most delicious mashed potatoes I've ever had. My wife said the exact same thing. Uh, they also have a fried chicken and donuts on the menu, which is what my wife had. It was absolutely delicious. I tried the donuts. They were great. As an appetizer, we got the deviled eggs. That is one of their most popular appetizers. Insanely good. Must, must try them. They come, it's, it's six deviled eggs, and they are served with a little bit of bacon and paprika on top. Just out of this world delicious. Then on other trips there, I've repeated a lot of that same stuff, deviled eggs, fried chicken. I also had their chicken noodle soup, which a lot of people wouldn't think about. I don't even know if it's still on the menu. I don't have it in front of me. It is great, and what distinguishes their chicken noodle soup is the thickness of the noodles. A lot of times you go to chicken noodle, you get chicken noodle soup, the noodles are on the thin side. These are thick. You can fill up from that alone. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it on a hot night. That's a very heavy thing to have <laughs> when it's hot. I had it in January. <clears throat> so uh, Scott, just to jump in, I see. Oh, so go ahead, Paul. I think you're going to say the same thing I was about to. Go right ahead. No, you beat me to it. I, was gonna say, I see chicken and dumpling soup on the menu now. Okay, so that sounds great, by the way. <laughs> I really want that now. But um, I, I thought that the soup itself was great. Then another entree I highly recommend is their pulled pork entree. Uh, let me see if I could load this up and so I could tell our listeners what it comes with. Because I've had this twice. And is it still on the menu? I hope it is. That they chop barbecue plate yes that is it and yes it comes with mac and cheese I, i'm not a huge mac and cheese guy i substituted the mashed again comes with the biscuit and what distinguishes it is their sweet and spicy barbecue sauce that's the words right off the menu the barbecue sauce was just out of this world good i also love the friendliness of the staff every time we've been there they've been helpful and answered all our questions it's a very comfortable restaurant to eat in Tables are not on top of each other. It is a high ceiling restaurant. There is covered patio seating from what I understand. And um, I've not had their desserts, although from what I understand, they're quite good. People also love their fried chicken sandwiches, which isn't a surprise. And the last thing I'll say about the food, I did have a good drink there. 
and what let me see if i could bud light <laughs> not bud light it was... moonshine wow they do have moonshine He's not did you see it. the shine cake paul yeah i'm looking that looks good yeah I really don't even remember what I had to drink, but it was good. Must have been the moonshine cake. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, fried chicken tenders on the kids menu, I bet, is out of this world good. Uh, They're known for their hummingbird cake. That's their specialty dish. It's a pineapple banana cake with cream cheese frosting. Oh, a great memory I have here, too. First time I went there, Art Smith himself was there at the restaurant going table to table, introducing himself. He took a picture with Allie, my wife, and was just a really nice down-to-earth guy. Uh, It's tough to get in. And it is it doesn't have as much seating as the restaurant we're going to talk about in a moment, uh, which makes it which it, it causes it to be harder to get in. But yeah. I love homecoming. Any so questions? I have an idea. Yes. It won't work, but I have an idea. <laughs> Someone snags a reservation for Art Smith's homecoming, right? Like in the middle of appetizers, it, you get a phone call and you have to leave. So you place your order to go. Someone else has been in line for Gideon's this entire time. <laughs> Someone else is getting sausage from BB Wolf. And we all convene at Dean's place over at <laughs> Saratoga Springs for a feast. That would be a feast. Oh, man. If anybody gives you a hard time about that, just tell them you're a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> this is what no, we no. do. Hey. We'll just say we know you and you know Art Smith. That's right. I love this. Place, I know guys. the guy whose wife took a picture with Art Smith. <laughs> there you go. Bingo. So, so Scott, I'll tell you two reasons why. Well, three reasons why I haven't been there. The first one you just said it's it's very hard to get a reservation. Yes. Um. So unless we planned well ahead, we we wouldn't be able to get this. Number two, we're usually there in the summer, and this seems like pretty heavy food, because even when you get out of a, di- if you do a normal five six o'clock dinner reservation, you're out of dinner. Call it seven seven thirty. Mm-hmm. it's still hot out in Florida. Mm-hmm. Like there's nights it's hot out at 11 o'clock in Florida. Yes. So I, I've never wanted to mix sort of the, what appears to me to be relatively heavy food with those hot summer days. And then the third problem we've had is there's not a lot of gluten-free, right. um, especially for a somewhat picky eater like my son is now. So I, I love this menu. I would love to try this. I, I think I'm going to have to do a podcaster trip where we just go together. And, and you and I can go to this place. We'll, we'll bring Paul, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm getting thumbs up, so I guess we'll bring Paul, too. I got points. He, he's paying, so it's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely, this is on me. the I want to go here, um, but I have to remedy some of those other issues first. Sure, I understand. Yeah, and actually, I mean, that's a great point. I'm I'm thinking, and again, this is, this is COVID's over, everything's back to normal. This is the kind of place to go to on a Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party Day, where you go here for lunch or maybe yes. do the brunch at a later seating, and then you go back to your room and you just kind of relax, you, you digest, um, <laughs> and and um, you know maybe if if you know the kids got some energy they could swim at the pool or whatever, and then you go to the park and just grab something over at the Magic Kingdom. Um, it might be a better way to go about it rather than, you know, to your point, if you're going in the summer, 100%. I mean, there, there is something to be said for having fried chicken on a hot summer day, but it's the other things that go along with it right. that just make it a little more heavy. I mean, mashed yeah. and cheese, mashed potatoes. We joke all the time about soup in a bread bowl uh, <laughs> you know, as being the, the perfect summer Florida thing. But um, yeah, I mean, it, that to me sounds like a great, a great day, especially when you can get into the park at four. 
And that reminds me, Paul, I went to homecoming once for lunch on a um, not so scary Halloween party day. Hey. And that was a quality experience. I'd forgotten about that. Um, was more relaxed. I got, yeah, yeah it was a two o'clock reservation. It was like a later lunch. And it was just, it fed well into the evening because we had something to eat later on at the parks. And the mashed potatoes are heavy mashed potatoes. You know, some mashed potatoes are kind of on the lighter side. They're not those light, um, you know, like like they're mostly butter and air. Right. Now, this this is the real thing. This probably got butter and cream. This has butter and cream and and sour cream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's homecoming. And guys, after what is a busy discussion tonight, on the dining options at the landing, we are turning now to my favorite restaurant in the world. And I was thinking about this in advance of our show tonight. If the boathouse was not in Disney World, would it be my favorite restaurant in the world? And all I could say is maybe. <laughs> uh, I mean, the fact well, that, yeah. Let me put it someplace else for you, though. Let okay. me put it in Weehawken. Mm where you were on the Hudson overlooking Manhattan on the other side. Mm-hmm. Right. It would work. I think it fits there. You it couldn't does. do the boats. You could, I mean, that forget about it, but you know, you put this in Boston. Uh, it would work. Put this in San Francisco. Yes. Put this in new Orleans. You know, you, you put in those famous port cities. I think, I think it would be a signature dining location for any of those places. It would. And of course, the fact that it's in Disney is great, and I look forward to it every trip. But you're right. It does work well because of what's on the menu. That steak and seafood combination lends itself towards all those locations you mentioned, Paul. Uh, let me begin by asking you this. Have both of you been to Boathouse? Yes. Handful of times, yes. What is your favorite thing on the menu that you've ordered? Good question. This is another one where there's... It would not be crazy to go here multiple times in a trip just yes, because the menu which is I've that done. good. I've done a, at least twice on a trip, maybe even more. I can't remember. Uh, I do recall at lunchtime having a, and again, I'm going to go back to the burger, mm-hmm. uh, having a fantastic burger here. I know you, you started to mention this before, and you are right. Th- this is maybe my second favorite burger on property. Um, when you get the, uh, the, the award-winning, the Gibbons burger. Yes. That's, Gibbons that, is a steakhouse chain from Chicago, for those yeah. that don't know. That, thing, that thing's really good. Um, it's hard to say my favorite at Bohaus because everything I've had has been really, really good. Yes. Um, I actually like their club sandwich quite a bit. Uh, that's more of maybe a lunch item than a dinner. Right. Um, but you, this is a place where you just, you can go there and, and go very basic, get, get a, get a steak and fries. And it's, it's just something about these being like better fries than you're used to mm-hmm. and cooked next to a quality steak. That's just better than the steak you're used to. So it's it, a lot of what I get here. I just think is really good versions of stuff that you're used to eating. Yeah. Yeah. My, my favorite thing that I got, I only went once, um, but um, it started to pour. So our, our dinner got extended, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rather than go outside and try and figure out where to walk because boathouse is kind of exposed <laughs> over by itself. Right. But um, I got the shrimp and andouille mac and cheese with okay. the lobster meat added. Ooh, that and sounds good. I got a side of asparagus with hollandaise sauce with that. Yeah, that's good. And it, 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 Dean, you're 100% right. I mean, th- this is a place that just, they, they take a dish that, you know, I, I might make this at home myself, even from scratch. Um, I make mac and cheese from scratch every year for my last birthday. And, you know, the bechamel sauce and all that stuff, you can just tell when somebody makes it well and they make it well. 
I will say, I'm looking at the menu here. The one thing I have not tried, but I really want to, are the filet mignon sliders. I hear they're phenomenal. Uh, Denise from Mouse Steps just ordered those today. As, as, <laughs> really? As she recorded this. Yes, I saw them. And she substituted the fries for the uh, red um, potatoes. Ooh, okay. So, the red potatoes are good. Yes, they that, are. Yeah, that's that's the, that, uh, that's a good sub by her. That, that's and again, not that the fries are bad, but no, the fries are great. The red potatoes are really good. I'll also put in a word for their baked potato, and you may wonder, well, what could be so great about a baked potato? Well, this is really great. They're enormous there. Um, so I've gotten that as a side just many times. I uh, have had so many things on the menu here. I'll just go real quick. I've had the burger a bunch of times. It is. For me, the best burger I've ever had on property. Granted, I haven't had Ragland Road yet. So after my next trip, I'll kind of uh, do a comparison. I've had crab cake a couple of times. It's an enormous crab cake. Sometimes you go to a seafood place, you order a crab cake. It tends to be on the smaller side. That's not the case. Exactly. Like Paul's showing now. It, this is a massive crab <laughs> cake. I had, I don't know if it's still on the menu, a barbecue chicken dish, which was recommended to me by the waitress. It was good. It was maybe my least favorite thing I've ever ordered at Boathouse, but that doesn't mean anything because they're, you know, it's like the Beatles. Their least best album is still better than many other groups' albums. So it's like that type of thing. Uh, I've had, not had the club sandwich, Dean, although I do want to try that. I've had the filet several times. I had the swordfish steak, which I really liked. That was in a very good marinade. Um, I've had salmon there, which was good. I mean, salmon, salmon, but this, this was quality. And I know I've had some other fish. I tried scallops there. My dad ordered scallops and I, I tried it from him. They were very good. Very, very good. Another great thing about the boathouse are the rolls they serve at the beginning yes. of every meal, which are these soft rolls yeah, those in are good. honey. Marinated I had in honey. To stop myself because my <laughs> you could eat twenty of them in one sitting. It's insane. Oh. Uh, then two other things I'll mention: lobster bisque soup. Again, Disney hot weather soup. It's worth it. It is so good. Maybe the soup podcast. But it's kind yeah. of fun. <laughs> While you're talking lobster, their lobster roll is actually really good. I've gotten that before. Yes, I've seen people order that. It looks good. And the last food item I'll mention is their shrimp cocktail. And again, you may ask, well, what makes their shrimp cocktail so great? It's the size of the shrimp, massive jumbo mm-hmm. shrimp, and it's served over this plate of shaved ice. Uh, and their cocktail sauce is really good with a hint of horseradish in the middle. So you have so much to order there. I also really like the theming of the restaurant. It's nautical themed. It's very spacious. There are and there boats is, inside. The big guy boat inside. <laughs> you can eat in a boat. And then also uh, good ventilation because the front entrance way is wide open. I would think that ventilation carries through all the way to the restaurant, uh, to, to the back of the restaurant. They have a really good gift shop attached to the restaurant. I've been there. I've got, gotten actually a couple, one or two shirts there. And uh, I've never had their baked Alaska dessert, which looks really good. I know that's very popular. It's enormous. And uh, they have good outdoor bar area. I remember one night going with my brother and my wife to the bar and sitting there and ordering some drink was not the blueberry lemonade, although I love the blueberry lemonade drink. It was another one. And we ordered shrimp cocktail and had rolls. So drinking with shrimp cocktail and rolls outside at the boathouse. It doesn't get better than that, folks. That is the good stuff we love times 20. I get very emotional about the boathouse, as you can see. I'm very passionate. And I do have a $50 gift card there for when I go this summer. I'm, I hope they still honor Ooh, it. It's two years nice. old. Nice. Yeah, yeah I don't need- probably should. I don't even know where to pick up from there other than 
everything you said is right. Yeah. Um, their their cocktail sauce is maybe the best cocktail sauce I've ever had on shrimp. And I agree with you. Don't you read the menu and, and they disclose, hey, it's four shrimp, and you see the price and you're like, oh, this is ridiculous. Those are four enormous shrimp. They are yes, a, tiger prawns. Yes, it is a really good shrimp cocktail. But I'll, I'll jump back to the dessert. We also have not ordered the baked Alaska. Again, you look at the price, it's $40. It's a $40 dessert. It is big. Yes, it is big enough for 40 people almost. I mean, it's huge. Um, so that is definitely a group dessert. Uh, but we've had the key lime pie, uh, which is it's pretty fun, served in like a, a mason jar. That was pretty good. The, um, the chocolate cake is actually really good. Okay. Uh, and then I remember... Um, I think it might have been the turtle pie. I'm looking at the menu now. I know my wife got some sort of cake that was like ooey gooey with chocolate and caramel. And, and I'm reading the turtle pie. I think it's that one. Mm -hmm. um, all all really, really good desserts. So sometimes, you know, you go to a place like this and, and you hear people rave about the appetizers, the entrees, the bread, and the desserts fall flat. Not the case here. Desserts mm -hmm. are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, Scott, I can tell you too. I mean, we, I did not partake in this, but in that downpour, there were people that were out at the dockside bar, um, which is literally out in the lagoon. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were not leaving the bar, but they they had a large covering. Um, the dockside bar itself has a covering that's shaped like an old Pizza Hut roof. Mm -hmm. um, so the bar's in the middle, and then the seating is basically almost 360 all the way around. Yes. Uh, the patrons seem to be very happy. <laughs> yes um very happy so you know if, if you're looking for someplace that's out on the water again you know you don't need a reservation to go sit at the bar right um pretty sure you can't necessarily get the food options out there but um if you're just looking for someplace to you know get out over the water it'll feel a little cooler sure and um have, have something to drink so dean you mentioned all the desserts that you've tried there let me ask this question to both of you when you go to disney springs to one of these restaurants we've talked about tonight with all the dessert options at Disney Springs, are you still more likely to order a dessert off the menu at the restaurant? Or do you find yourself having appetizers and entrees at the restaurant and going out for dessert after? Most most of the time. What, what would you say? If something catches my eye, like here, the key lime pie in the jar, mm -hmm. I would order that. Um, and then I'll get a dessert out of Disney Springs to bring back to the hotel room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. Or, or uh, my wife and I will settle on a dessert. Like here, we might get the triple chocolate layer cake. Split that. And then go grab a dessert out at Disney Springs. Right, right. So yeah, that it, tends to be our move too. Same that's thing. a good move. We'll, we'll split a dessert or split a couple desserts because now, you know, there's three of us. We're typically with one set of parents or another. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we might get three desserts amongst five people um, or more. Uh, and then we have yeah, just happened to pick up something on the way back. To I like that approach. That's what I'm going to do this summer. Yeah. Um, the other thing here we didn't mention, Scott, is depending on what time you're there and what day you're there, there's also live music opportunity here. Yes. Um, we, we went in the last time we were here. It was a very early dinner, like 4.30 type dinner. And I was surprised, but live music was setting up. Um, and they started playing around 5. And it oh, was cool. it was uh, definitely catering to my age uh, because they were covering mostly uh, early to mid-90s grunge rock. Yes, I remember one of the my best Disney memories in recent years is sitting there with my brother. This was a little later. This was like nine, ten o'clock at night. We had a late dinner at Boathouse, and the guy was sitting there playing guitar, and the song was "Counting Blue Cars" by Dishwalla. It was a cover <laughs> version of that song, and it was great. It was it was really great. Um, Boathouse did just introduce a Sunday brunch, which looks really good. Oh, we didn't know that. Place yep. now. They have brunch. So does Homecoming, by the way. 
And um, another thing I was going to say, because it's a huge restaurant, it is much easier to get a reservation at Boathouse if you're flexible with your when you're willing to eat. Uh, I've been there for lunch a bunch of times. It's a good lunch place to go because it's not as heavy necessarily yeah. as Homecoming. I love it there. I can tell. There's a high energy in your voice when you talk about Boathouse, no matter what time, I no matter when. You, you get fired up about Boathouse. It's a- God asked us on to be uh, asked us to be on this series only to talk about Boathouse. Yes. The the third part of this is show, uh, the next episode um, is going to be about ten minutes long. <laughs> Got Coca Cola store. Yeah, I'm I'm picturing the next one, Paul, to be we'll name a restaurant, and all Scott's contribution will be is not as good as Boathouse. <laughs> right. No, I love, I look, I, I do go to Boathouse every trip, but I've been to a bunch of the other places as well. And I like them. I, I like them all. But the Boathouse, is, it is my favorite restaurant in the world. I, I get excited every time I go there. And uh, I'm ready to go this summer. I'm ready, gentlemen. I stand with Boathouse. I stand, right, right. Are we missing any restaurants, guys? Did we cover all of them? I think we hit them all. I think that's everything in this area of, of downtown. I guess part three, we will cover town center and maybe we can knock off the West side too. Yeah. Yeah. I think town center and West side. A lot of you say it right though. I, I was side. side. I know, know, I know (laughs) Dean is going to be glowing about one in particular location on the West side. A surprising location. Very surprised. Actually, very. I actually laughed when you told me it, and you're like, "No, I'm serious." Like, not even, it? not even a featured maybe as the restaurant part of this place, but it is a good place. Are we yeah. talking about the Yasaki kiosk? <laughs> no, but I will. Muffins. I will go try that. <laughs> Are you talking about Starbucks? <laughs> Th- that is a good Starbucks. It is. I've been there. Hagen does. A good Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, listen, uh, I wasn't I didn't have anything in mind. Any stuff we love we want to mention? This has been a long episode, but any recommendations, anything? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Second. I second that. Paul, uh, or, uh, actually, Scott, because, Paul, you haven't had the cookie. I got to go back to the cookies for a second. Yes. Okay. So I'm used to the the uh, the goofy candy company cookie. Mm. You know, the. the the for uh, previously described as the heavy cookie way you describe the the cookies at Gideon's makes me feel like getting the goofy candy company or maybe they're mini cookies I can't remember now like those are just child's play at this point I are, are you familiar with the cookie I'm talking about kind of it's a large cookie right it's physically large it's, it's pretty large yeah yes. they have like a chocolate chip they have a chocolate with peanut butter I think uh, uh, chocolate with white chocolate they're, they're pretty sizable they're pretty heavy I think if I am correct in my thinking about what those cookies look like, the Gideon's cookies are physically smaller in terms of the length of the cookie, but thicker on the width. Okay. Okay. They are, they do measure about half a pound each. That's impressive. Right. They do have have a version called death by Gideon's. That's a pound and a half. It's you're not joking stuff. around when you roll out a pound and a half cookie. No. That, and that's serious business. Going back to your earlier comment about the $75 lobster, if you see a lobster on any menu that is over a pound and a half or a pound and three quarters, don't get it. It's not going to taste as good. All you're doing is paying for a large lobster. Right. Yeah. 
That is a lobster pro tip. Good call. And we hope you all have enjoyed. I guess I got to do the plugs now. I'm fading. <laughs> so it, uh, it just took me to now, Scott, to realize that when Paul mentioned that Ponte means bridge, that the pizza restaurant is located at the end of the bridge. You're welcome. It, it took me to right now to I have that one that, in my yes. head. <laughs> Light that bulb went on. Good stuff. There it is. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, on that note, gentlemen, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? Paul, we'll start with you. Uh, I am at Yo Paulie NJ on Twitter. Um, and also our podcast is Butter and Bacon. And uh, yeah, Dean, where are you? I am at CT underscore Mickey underscore man. Understood. Find me on Twitter. Underscore, underscore. Also on podcast that Paul just referenced. Yes. I am on Twitter at ScottyBoy4. Stuff We Love Podcast is at Stuff We Love Pod. We're on Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. The email is Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com. The website is Stuff We Love Podcast.podbean.com. You can find links to all of our prior episodes there, including part one of this Disney Spring series. And uh, feel free to write to us and let us know what your favorite restaurant over at Disney Springs is. And uh, I guess that's it. Gentlemen, any final thoughts on tonight's episode? This was fun. And I am so not hungry. <laughs> I don't eating surf taco, but if I wasn't, this this is the perfect episode to uh, listen to while starving. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and and I think I mentioned it last time, but Scott, as we've now reviewed these restaurants, this is probably the best concentration of high quality restaurants in all of Walt Disney World. So great, uh, very excited to get back down there this summer and. I still think I might challenge my family to do seven dinners in Disney Springs. And if we do, my hunch is at least five of them come from the group we talked about tonight. Yeah, mm. I, I think that makes sense. Uh, the quality of the food is great. The price is comparable or even in some cases cheaper than what you pay in the theme parks. And uh, I guess the closest comparison in the theme parks would be World Showcase, just in terms of yeah. the number of yeah. eating locations. And I, I love World Showcase. I, I'm, I passionately love it passion but uh not as much as i do the landing at disney springs i had to think about what we were talking about tonight <laughs> although yeah dining at the studios is pretty good too but it's not it doesn't have the it doesn't have the the range and variety of world showcase and then right. this takes it and pluses it even more yeah if, if you give me all of boardwalk area including swan dolphin i think it's the only area that can even rival this and i'd probably have to list them out and, and, and yeah. go point for point and decide which one's better but it just goes to show the like you said the quality the range the depth and the variety that you can get in this area which, which a lot of people skip on a given trip and it's concentrated i mean you know right. you talk about the epcot resort area it can take you 10 15 minutes just to walk around crescent lake yes You're, you can walk past all of these restaurants in two minutes you really could which is remarkable too how they're able to condense it but yet you don't feel on top of each other. You still feel like yeah. there's adequate space, which is really cool. Um, you guys remember the Saved by the Bell episode where they had to save the Max and they host the radio show at the Max yes. and everybody's falling oh, yeah. asleep and it's later. Yes. I feel like we need a... You guys are awake. Paul, you're certainly awake. You're up all hours, but I need a Slater to come in and... <laughs> <laughs> Slater. I, I um, could just tell Scott you're so excited. <laughs> another great you Saved are, by the Bell. You are. You're glowing. Episode. I'm, I'm happy, right? I'm actually energized by this, and I want to get some rest because I want to do a Peloton in the morning, but one of those things. You go, you wake up, and you know you want to do it, and you have to do it, but yet you also don't want to do it, <laughs> and then you do it. 
Yeah, I got back on the Peloton today after almost a month off, which is not Ooh. good. But um, yeah, it's good. It's good to be back on there. It is. All right, let's go around the table one more time. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And I'm Dean. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast. <laughs>